practice. Yeah. <laughs> we need practice. All right. It is <laughs> your first time, right? Your first it, time it podcasting. Is okay. very, yes. All right. As you know, we get to dedicate it. So, Blair and Ryan, uh, please dedicate. What do you want to dedicate the episode to or what? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll dedicate it to my daughter, Isabella Zimmerman, because she is super kick-ass. <laughs> I like the name. I like the name as well. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Um, I would like to take dedicate this to all the artists out there, you know, uh, whatever your art is, whatever you are trying to pursue and think that's your art. I, I know it's struggling out there, but you guys got this. Don't give up. All right, we are back on the St. Paul Filmcast. We have Blair Smith and Ryan. How do you say it? Galley. Galley? Really? Great. You guys, I'd like to start with names if you want to start. Blair, you have the most versatile name I know in the world. It could could be like bad guy, good guy. Yeah, it's it's actually, uh, it's Irish. It could Um, be a girl, it could be a guy. Yeah. (laughs) In Ireland, in Ireland, actually, it's yeah. more of a uh, a guy's name, and in the states, it's more of a, a female's name. So yeah. it's very versatile for sure. Have you met another Blair Smith? Me? No. Yeah, uh, yeah I have two on Facebook. They added me. It was really weird. <laughs> Like they, they must have just been like typing in their own name and they were like, I'm just going to, I don't know these people at all, but I was like, all right, you got a cool name. I'm going to add I just, you. I just, my name is, I don't have a common name and I was like, yeah. it's fascinating that people have such, you know, if you've met another, like another Smith or something like that, it's kind of. Yeah, that's it's, basic. Yeah, it's pretty basic. <laughs> so Ryan, what is about your last name? You- uh, so Ryan is actually not my first name. Okay. Um, but my first name is actually Norbert. Yeah, it's it's different. <laughs> um, my last name Galley. I have a character in my book that's named Norbert. Really, the it, evil I, the evil lawyer. The evil lawyer. <laughs> we, we found a movie role for Ryan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm directing though. <laughs> the evil lawyer. Dun dun dun. Still all your money. It's <laughs> great because um, I've heard that name before. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's crazy. Um, the only other place I've seen the name Norbert pop up from is from the Harry Potter series. Oh, really? The, um, oh, I'm, 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 I get horrible with these names. Um, the, the large uh, guy, um, he always looked out after Harry. He was in the woods? Uh, yes. Yes. I, I, I don't. Right, I don't know the names. Um, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not fluent in Harry Potter, but I, yeah, I I'm not you. either. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I've, guy, I've, read, yeah. I've read the books, but it's been some years, and. Uh, he had a, a an egg, and come to find out, it was a dragon egg, and he named the dragon Norbert. And I've always been highly fascinated of dragons. I've always loved dragons, so I was yeah. like, "Yeah, that's really fucking awesome." <laughs> Excuse <laughs> language. Yeah. That works. I'm a I'm a fan of dragons too because I like Khaleesi. But there you oh, go. Game of Thrones, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get uh, any further, I want to announce that um, your movie that you recently filmed. Curse of the Raven Heights. Yes. And do you have a campaign going? We do. We we have it, and I think it ends here in the next couple of days. It hasn't been taking off how we wanted to, but we really appreciate the people that did donate. So Um, it's Indiegogo? 
Um, it's a GoFundMe. Oh, GoFundMe. Okay. Yep. Okay. So um, if they want to, and I'll put the link on there if the people want to find. Yeah, it. absolutely. I think it might go through the end of the week. So if a couple of people want to still help us out with that, that's yeah, really, re- really yeah. much appreciated. Um, we've been uh, kind of wanting to make a feature film for a long time. We've done a lot of shorts. So yeah. So this is a full feature film. Yeah, absolutely. No matter like what happens with the GoFundMe or or what happens like if I have to go back to working. 100 hours a week so we can finish it that's that's the ultimate goal um might take a little bit longer now since the gofundme didn't really take off as much as we wanted it to but um there's no no quitting in this this old dog so and if anybody's interested you can attach there's some options in there yeah there's there's some really good perks and stuff too okay um we actually have a perk where you can actually come on to set when we film the second half because we're about 45 pages in right now that we have shot and then uh we have about 30 more to shoot and we actually we'll we'll write you a character and you can come be on set for the whole week and hang out it's like (laughs) norbert yeah that that, that's that's a possibility that could be a name i don't know i have to run it by wes but (laughs) sorry yeah. <laughs> good, good. Oh, yes, and I'll, I want to mention, you co-wrote it with um, Wes. I, I didn't write it. Um, oh, you didn't? Okay. Wesley actually wrote, he he does most of the writing. Um, we've done, I believe, we've been we've been partnered up now for about a year, um, and we've done five films together now. Wow, okay. In a year. So we've been busy. <laughs> ah, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and primary, this is, the the previous ones up to Curse of Raven Heights were short films. Correct. Yeah, okay. we did uh, Fallen Father, which was our first uh, 50-50 Eve movie. Yeah. And then after that, we went on and did uh, Mercenary Kingdom, which was our Z-Fest film. Yes, yes. And then uh, we did one that he directed and I starred in called Black Zen. And then we went on to working on the Curse of Raven Heights. And we just wrapped up one about... 11 days ago for this year's Hollow's Eve called uh, Family Friendly. Oh, all right, all right. And Ryan, you're involved with any of those? Uh, yes, I actually got to play an awesome part uh, on Family Friendly. This nerdy uh, college student. It was really yeah. interesting. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I don't want to give anything too, uh, too okay. much away, but uh, I definitely love the role. Ryan, we were just talking at dinner, and uh, Ryan's been involved in pretty much every film that I've done. So um, okay. we're, also, we're really good friends, and he's also someone that uh, – Comes on to set and does pretty much everything. He's kind of what we call the Swiss Army knife <laughs> on set because it's like Ryan, can you do this? And literally five minutes later, it's done, and that's a very good quality for someone on set, especially <laughs> when you're doing independent films. Oh yeah, and we've had um, I think previous guests we had Jennifer Kelsenberg on. Yeah, and she talked about how the more stuff you know how to do, the better it is. She's in the Curse of Raven Heights. Yes, yeah, yeah, she plays yeah. one of the witches, um, and yeah. she's a fantastic person to be around. She's great. Yeah, and I think we. Had had her on just before she started she was going to go up to start filming with you yeah guys. oh yeah. great yeah, yeah. no uh, i haven't heard that one yet i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to listen to it now yeah did you know she was on uh wheel of fortune really i just found that out too like about a week ago That's awesome. um her and my girlfriend are actually really good friends and yeah. she told me about it so you think you could do it wheel of fortune I don't know. Not, not as good. Not, I don't know. That's that's, that's definitely a uh, you know a challenge, but I'll be up for it. <laughs> so initially, how did you guys, Ryan and Blair, how did you guys meet? Um, so this is kind of a crazy story, actually. This is a good good se- good, seg- good segue. So we uh, we went to this to do headshots. Okay. Um, probably about a year and a half ago, or about thirteen months ago. Um, 
Yolanta Young was doing our headshots. She was doing mine and Ryan's at the same time. <laughs> and we were waiting in the lobby and then, and he was like, oh, well, we should, we should work on something together. And uh, we just kind of became friends after that. Yeah. So um, we got our headshots done. And then I went on to uh, produce my first web series. That, that was my first thing that I ever directed, um, a web series called Unworthy, um, which now has played in uh, cons. Okay. Yeah, it did. The co- can people still find it? Yeah. Well, it's not even necessarily out to the public yet. Okay. Um, it's been doing a festival run. Um, That's what I was going to ask. Because sometimes when you submit to festivals, it's not out for public consumption. Yeah, you it's, kinda... it's not yet. Um, but we were lucky enough to get into the cons version of uh, the web fest, yeah. and then it just played last week at the Sicily Web Fest. Awesome. Which nice. yeah, a little bit of international uh, cred. We didn't win anything, but um, just getting accepted into both of those was. Definitely a great honor. Yeah, what they call like an official selection, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, they get thousands of submissions. And uh, I think they choose like 200 out of like 5,000 submissions for the Sicily one. So I, I'm not sure the exact number, so no one can quote me. But um, what was it? What was, can I ask what it was about? It's, it's a horror movie. Um, it's a horror web series about um, a disgruntled couple. Um, the wife is basically a witch and the husband doesn't really like it and she can't have a daughter so she has two boys and she starts to do some like kind of like magical spell stuff um, to to try to have a daughter and the husband finds her and he's not so happy about it and that's kind of how the pilot opens and we go to 20 years later and this family kind of goes to this this place and runs into I, I, I can't say too much but yeah, it's 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 horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's all you guys started. It, it, is it? Would you kind of consider it a, a, like a good test to do kind of like a web series before you start jumping into like short films? The original plan was to actually make a uh, a feature film out of it, but we had one of the actresses moved away, right. so we couldn't finish. So we kind of took what we had and made it into a web series, just by like design, um, or by not necessarily design, but just out of necessity to like put the content out there. Well, usually I, I, I stress it because we had a lot of independent filmmakers is the ability to, to adapt, to change all the time and the ability, yeah. the ability to understand that things are going to change is a great value to constantly adjust all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what filmmaking is, especially in the independent world is it's constantly, uh, solving problems. Yeah. Um, creative problem solving is one thing I like to stress to my crew as a director and uh, like kind of the guy that people look to to lead is, you know, there's going to be things that are going to happen. Like we, we have five days to shoot this. It might rain two of those days and we're supposed to be shooting outside. What are we going to do? Like, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to move yeah. things around? And you're constantly on your feet, but it's exciting and it's challenging. And I think that's the thing that drew me to it. In the did first always, place. Did you always want to do, do movies? I mean, this is kind of a question for both of you, but did you always want to? I'll let Ryan start with that one. Uh, honestly, uh, surprisingly enough, uh, I've been just doing this for a couple of years now. Um, okay. I've never took any acting classes. I've never took any like theater work. Um, something I've always been a big fan of Johnny Depp as my you know actor, <laughs> favorite actor. Yeah. And I've always been a big uh, fan of the franchise, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, and yeah. I don't know for some reason at the I watched their last ep- movie, uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and I don't know something about the movie just really enthralled me about it, and I don't know just something about 
it was just a magical feeling, like just being so in, absorbed in this film, and that the feeling I got from it, uh, it made me just kind of forget about everything in the world. Yeah. You know, of all the, the negativity, of all the, the the stuff that's going on in the world. Just for a few moments, I just forgot everything. And that feeling I got, I was like, you know what? I want to give this feeling back to the people. Yeah. You know, I want, I want to, I can become an actor and I can do this, and I want to give back to the people like that and just see some type of happiness. The, the whole time I thought it was just because he was really good looking. <laughs> 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 but so I learned something. I learned something new today too. Um, but for me, um, yeah. So I've been doing it about three years now, and it, like a lot of people don't believe that because they're like, man, you're doing a lot of stuff, but. Um, I was a musician. I was I was a hip hop artist, and I was touring with uh, like Bone Thugs and Harmony, and I was touring with uh, I did some stuff with Bubba Sparks, and I was on the road doing okay. some some music stuff, and I had like amassed like this Facebook friend list that was crazy full of people, and someone did like an open casting call three years ago for a movie called Wonderland, which okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's it's on oh, Walmart yeah. shelves and stuff. Okay. It's uh, Tom Berenger was in it, and there was like an open casting for extras. And my entire life, I wanted to be an actor. I was like, this is this is absolutely like the coolest thing in the world to be an actor. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I submitted and she was like, well, can you be there? It's like $50 a day or something like uh, they just need people like like, can you can you get there? And I got on the set and I'd never been on a set. So I didn't know that like the extras aren't supposed to talk to the crew and they're like supposed <laughs> to like be quiet and all this stuff. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So I was like hovering around the director. Uh, Did Luke you just yeah. <laughs> right yeah he, he he was very cool though luke schultz is his name and uh i watched and i was just like this is great and like i wanted to do it and then uh well i, I, I read i read anthony hopkins uh biography he's very engaging with everybody on set he talks to everybody from grips sure. to gaffs to like he's he loves talking to people and he's he always encourages is this on i'm in the movie we're all doing the movie and he treats everybody like on equal like you know there's so many moving parts and yeah. when it comes to creating a movie like you everyone is a key factor into it you know from all the way to the director the AC the AD the everybody everyone's important yeah. you know it's just no, so many sure. moving parts and it's just all trying to be in communication with each other and that's a lot of respect yeah. to be able to communicate with everybody you know when it comes to creating a movie honestly everyone's kind of on the same level everyone's here to make this masterpiece happen yeah no one should ever feel entitled like to be better than anyone if you're the the a-list star you're not better than a pa to me and that's how i like try to run my sets is because everybody's really important to the production like from the lowest person to the highest person everyone should be treated with respect because without these lower people you're not going to get your film done Absolutely. um and it doesn't mean that they're any less talented people just start at different levels and then have to work their way up but like I said, so when I went on from doing that, I went back to doing music for a couple months, and then I got a call from Luke Schultze, okay, the director from, for, the from Wonderland, yeah. and he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing another, another film called uh, Over There." Now you might have heard of that one. Um, they shot both of these in Big Lake, and uh, Big Lake, Minnesota. Yeah, thing. yeah. And he asked if I could be a PA, and I was like, "Sure." Like, so I went out to do some pre-production, and I worked on it for three days in pre-production, and I showed up early every day and I was there before everyone else. And he's like, well, would do you want to work in like get a little upgrade, work in the costume department? And I was like, that'd be fantastic. So I did that. And then, uh, they came back to do another week of pickup shoots. 
and uh, the costume guy was busy, so I became the wardrobe supervisor somehow on this film. And this this has uh, Ron Perlman in it, Billy Zane, yeah. um, some some bigger names. Um, it's a, it's a is it a war movie? Yeah, it's a okay. war. It's, no, okay. Yep, um, it's a war movie, and it's now called The Great War. You can look it up on IMDb. Um, so I did that, and we 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 just had the premiere here in Minnesota. It's not out yet, but I think they're looking at like a, a fall Netflix release. Um, how was that doing? I mean, because it's a war mo- war movie, so we had to do kind of like the war uniforms. And everything. Yeah, and and that's that's what I did. Like I'd literally sit in this hot shed for like three hours every morning, and I would costume a hundred extras, and then I would go on to set and I would watch what everybody was doing, and I, that's how I fell in love with the process. I was just seeing like all the moving parts, seeing what Luke was doing, seeing what everybody was doing, and that's when I was like. I don't want to be just the wardrobe guy or a PA. I want to be an actor. So yeah. I went I went to Bill Cooper and I started taking acting classes and uh, trying to get in as many things as I possibly could, guest roles uh, like Beta Fish yeah. and doing things like that. And then essentially from there, I was like, I'm not even as passionate about being an actor as I am about directing. And that's kind of how I fell into the director's role. See, I like your approach because you didn't really do like a scholarly approach. You just... Went on site. You you went on hands on approach to just I'm gonna learn it. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to get any avenue of just being on set, being a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's what you have to do. I think because to me it was like a total pipe dream to think I would be making movies. Yeah, but I just I like that approach, and I always tell my everybody. You know, my favorite saying. I I I, I say it. You hang around a barber shop, eventually you're gonna get a haircut. Very nice. I love you know, that. Hanging off like enough that. movie sets, <laughs> yeah. eventually. You know, it, it, it's crazy. You know, uh, I would say if if anyone's really looking into you know being in the film industry, there's so like I said, there's so many movie parts that I would just suggest suggest if you don't know where to start, to start off as a PA. Yeah, you know, that's, that's that's where I started. You know, it's, and I made myself yeah, it's an a actor. producer assistant. So if anybody's not movie savvy, if you want to just give them a little, what is a production assistant? A production assistant basically is the person who um, goes and gets the crafty or they go and they uh the crafty is just like the the food for the the people and they go and they make coffee runs they pretty much do everything like when they're told they're like the taskmaster yeah, yeah they're yeah. the taskmaster i mean being a pa there's like nothing easy about it and you're then walkie talkie and everybody's yep. looking yep. everybody's like hey what uh player to pa number four like we need you to go do this and like they get worked really really hard right. have you answered your walkie talkie when you're in the bathroom um as a PA. absolutely if you don't if you don't answer your walkie talkie you're probably not going to be on the next set <laughs> from what i Especially if you didn't go to film school like like I didn't. Like you have to. Uh, I always make sure that I'm I'm 20 minutes early and I'm the last guy leaving set. And that's that's kind of always been my my mantra um, is just work really hard because I didn't go to film school. I didn't know what a C47 was until like a year ago, and that's it's a clothespin. I like I, I really appreciate your approach to the whole process of getting in film because it just it reminds me a lot of you know just get out there and, and do it. It's not going to come to you. you no, know, you're going to have to go do it. And I've heard I've had so many people. I want to be in movies. I just don't know how. You have to do. They're not going to come knocking on your door and say, "Here's the list of what you need to do." You guys did it. You went out there and like, I'm going to go and you found it and got it. Get your hands dirty and get to get to work on there. I like oh, yeah. that. I mean, that's the that's the only way. And I mean, it's uh, it's still really hard. Like, um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, I, I read the interview with Will Smith, and he said, "I'm not the greatest actor." I'm not the greatest movie star, but I will work the hardest. If yeah. I have to race a treadmill with somebody, 
I'm definitely going to be the last one on top. It doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to be the last one standing. And that's how he works on his movies. It's it's kind of like being a teacher, being a doctor. It's like you're constantly learning. You know, it, it's right, being an yeah. actor. You're, it's, it's a craft. There's a business side to it. And, you know, that's something that you learn as you go and, you know, constantly work on. But as the art of an actor, you're constantly learning. You're constantly growing. You're, you're constantly challenging yourself to go beyond your comfort level and your comfort zone to become these characters you know everyone has their method of becoming these characters and it's trying to put yourself in this perspective of this character yeah and it's this mind-boggling of yeah. what you have to do to become these characters i think it was i, I don't want to i was watching that interview with tom hanks and he's talking about saving prior ryan and there's a scene there they're in the rain and then the mud and they're in the in the trench and they had a set there doing multiple takes and then a lot of the extras are hanging around he goes you really gotta love to do this. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> really good. Absolutely. It's not sometimes it's not like you know, you know, sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. Sets are very stressful. Like yeah. very, very stressful places to be. Uh sometimes. They don't have to be all the time, but they can become very stressful for sure. Uh, especially like so the way I Well, especially with independence, because you're, yeah. you're competing against time and money. Money and, and resources and that's Absolutely. a that's a holy trinity of battle right mainly there. mainly money <laughs> you're always you're always battling uh you know you have two days to do this and if you don't get it then when you get to the editing room you yeah. don't have it and yeah. you have to work around it and like as a director now when i first did unworthy uh the web series i was not a director and i was calling myself when i had no idea what i was doing i think for fallen father um it was kind of the same. And I was just like, hey, I'm the director action. You know, like I'd, I I really hadn't studied the craft enough to really call myself a director. Um, when we got to Mercenary Kingdom, I was a little more in tune with what was going on. But I don't think until Raven Heights, I actually understood what being a, a director was. Because I took the time to start reading. And I started to, like reading all these books shot by shot is like the holy grail. And I, I read that twice. And I went to Andrew Hunt, who I really, really respect. And I was like, Yeah, he was, he's been on our show too. Yeah. He, great guy. Um, yeah. Very talented director. But 20 he does years. that with his, his classes. He intentionally yeah. sabotages films to understand, okay, this is broke. What are you going to do? Yeah. Or this is not going to, this is not going to happen today. What are you going to do? So it's, it's constantly puzzle solving. Almost. Absolutely, constantly it, it, challenging yourself. Yeah. yeah, no, creative problem solving is absolutely the thing. And and he was nice enough before we went to Raven Heights. And this is like how obsessed I am with uh, learning to be a director. He sent me these blocking modules, and they are literally the most boring thing you will ever watch. Like each one of them is two hours, and there's like seven of them. Yeah. So every every day, I would watch those six weeks up until shooting. So every day I'd watch the two hours, two hours, two hours, two hours for six weeks straight so I could get all this knowledge in before we went to shoot. And then I felt like, hey, I've read these books. I've took these master classes. Andrew Hunt has sent me these blocking. Now I'm a director. Now I step on, on set of Raven Heights and I actually felt like I was a real, you know, I knew what I was doing. But before that, I had I was just kind of like faking it till I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and leading a bunch of people was not something I ever expected to do. And I might have made some mistakes along the way. But um, I really better yourself. Yeah, no, I really yeah. feel like uh, now I'm kind of getting the gist. And I really love directing. It's it's my my number one love above acting even now. Yeah. Do you do you? Are you happy that you did acting first before doing? Yeah, I think I think taking like uh, a lot of Bill's classes and uh, doing the acting thing um, and learning 
learning from Bill like makes me a better director. I'm more of an acting director because I'm not a film student. Um, so I really rely a lot on my, my DP to, uh, to kind of tell me when I'm yeah. messing up. I'll be like, here, this is how I see it. This is how I want it. And then my DP will be like, well, that's not really good. I mean, that's not possible. How about we do it this way? You know, and a lot of it is just a lot of dialogue, you know, um, and working with one another to get my vision onto the screen. One of the most accomplished uh, film directors, his name is Nicholas Ray. He did uh, with James Dean, Rebel Without a Cause, and a bunch okay. of other movies. And he regarded that he never directed any movies. He let the actors tell him what he what they wanted. Wow. He always he said, huh. "I never told them what to do. They always told me what to do." And I never felt I was a director. I just felt that maybe a, a guide, more of a coach than anything. Hmm. That these guys actually told me. Then I think he goes, "I directed Rebel Without a Cause," but I actually. James Dean made that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really interesting take. Because yeah, seriously. I, I, I kind of feel that that way. Um, I have like, do you know Paul Economan? Um, he's the lead in, in Raven Heights and yeah. um, Eric Johnson. And a lot of these guys, like they'll be they'll be acting and they'll be like, hey, are you going to direct us? And I'm like, why, why do I need to direct you? You guys are doing exactly what I want you to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at, at some point I feel more like a marionette and I'm just like action. And like they do what I want. And then, then they come to me and they go, why aren't you going to direct us? I'm like, that was perfect, man. Why do I need to change it? Like I will, yeah. I'll change it if I have to. But, um, I think a lot of it. Um, and I think if you talk to Andrew or anyone who's really, uh, into directing, everything is in the pre-production and the planning. You have yeah. to really, um, have a good game plan going in. You need to do table reads for, for directors who are trying to learn, do table reads, do rehearsals, do all that before you get on set, especially for an indie because you're costing a lot of money if you're trying to figure it out on set. It actually helps yeah. the actors get comfortable though, com comfortable with them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, your scene partners, you know, uh, it's it's actually a great idea to do the, you know, table reads because, you know, you get to feel the, how you work with your, your scene partners, you yeah. know, fill off the energy, fill off, you know, what what's being playful, you know, what works. And then, you know, once you get on set, then you're like, all right, I know how to approach this a little bit better than I did before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, directing is definitely fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where I, I can go with it for sure. Are you comfortable doing auditions after being an actor and now auditioning for movies? Auditioning myself? Well, yeah, hosting them or... Oh, um, luckily I haven't had to do a lot of that. Okay. Um, the way me and Wesley have kind of been operating is since he, he's the writer, um, he's the storyteller, he's the, the creator of the universe, and I am the one who brings the words to vis uh, visualization. That's a really hard word for me. Um, <laughs> <That's> tough, <right>? um, <laughs> but I'm not, not going to try it. <laughs> he, he creates the universe and yeah. I, I, I create the, the image. And uh, when we go into that, we talk about actors first before we even write. We're like, hey, okay. we, we have like this whole like arsenal. We have so much support. Um, we're like, hey, well, let's use Paul or let's use this person and let's ask them if they're into it and let's write around them what we know their strengths are and what, nice. what, what we yeah. know they're good at. So it's kind of backwards. I'm sure like if, um, which I hope I do someday get to a level where I'm, where I have to audition people. But, um, right now it's kind of been working that way. I, I, I almost feel like if I was a director, I almost try to avoid it. I'm trying to like think of some other way of, cause I think that the whole treadmill of bringing people in and stuff kind of, kind of a little bit kind of productive. But that's that's somebody from the outside looking in. It can be and it cannot be. Um, okay. I hate auditioning. 
uh, as an actor because I, I act too. People forget I act because I, I've been like doing so much behind the scenes stuff. Right. Um, but I hate auditioning. Like I'm really bad. I go in. I'm like I'm like even doing a podcast. I'm like shaking. I'm like oh gosh. Like get I get I get so nervous. But when you get me on set, then I can kill the role. You know, like once I have the time to look at it. But like in an audition room, I'm not good at it. I need to work on that for sure. Well, it's the old saying: a lot of people are good at the practice and showtime. I think a lot of people like auditions are really good at auditions, but sometimes it just doesn't translate very well when it's okay. Wait a couple hours, set it up, and you know, it's a definitely different talent. I think you have to practice auditioning. I I could say from from what I was told when it comes to auditioning, it's uh, it's another form of you practicing your art. You know, it's just think of it as going in there. Even though it's nerve wracking, I still think every time I go into an audition, I feel like it's my very first time all over again. You know, it's like oh shit, butterflies. You know, it's like oh man. You know, but it's like that fight or flight reflex. You know, you either you 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 go with it or you don't go with it. And it's like you gotta think you're just practicing your art and seeing you know what what works yeah. whether you 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 know get the part or not get the part you just practice your art a little bit more yeah can you watch yourself oh i hate watching myself <laughs> i think we all hate I watching hate our own art no every artist stuff. does i think if it's good if it's good all right let's yeah. go let's move on yeah um no that's that brings up a good point because uh my girlfriend the other day she was she was talking about this because she just went and did a, a couple of spots for target um, okay. a couple of bigger spots like for for a commercial and uh she's like honestly like have she's like I just have fun I just go in and have fun and if I don't get a call back and and nothing comes out of it I don't worry about it it's like you know I'm just going in there I'm having a good time you know if I get the part that's awesome if I don't there's another audition there always will you know always another one and I think that's a really good uh approach for actors to take that that kind of approach like it might not even be that you didn't give a good audition you might just not be the look you might just not be the the thing that they're looking for it might not be you should never take it personally more or less because it's not necessarily that you gave a bad performance in the audition but someone else looks more like the part and they give a good audition they're gonna choose that person it's a cutthroat world absolutely you know one way i like to look at it is you know for as long as you two have been alive how many movies have came out hundreds i've been hundreds of movies right too many to count and then in all these movies how many actors are usually a cast you know hundreds as well there's a you know, they're tall, short, you know, heavy, skinny, you know, beautiful, you know, you know. Um, yeah. but there's a role for everyone and you may not be able to be suited for this role, but you never know you may be suited for this role. You know, it, it, it's, there's always a role out there for somebody. just, you just got to keep looking. It's not going to come to you. Like you said, you right. got to go you out gotta, there. Gotta go, yeah, you got to go, you got to go get it. Yeah, it's a absolutely. hustle of its own and that's the business part. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like to ask independent filmmakers, how's your car looking? <laughs> um well ryan drove me here so that's how he ended up on the podcast um so my car is looking like it's not moving <laughs> uh, we've definitely turned it into a grip truck for sure because of so many guests come and they got their it's all they're loaded up their equipment or they got oh, their all like their that. outfits oh, and, yeah man, definitely yeah. Stuff in my car we uh <laughs> we put it on uh part of my language is this uh there's this thing called shitty rigs on Facebook. It's <laughs> sure, like, a, it's, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, we loaded the back of my truck to go to Raven Heights. We had literally like ladders hanging out of the back of the truck, <laughs> like yes. with bungee straps and lights, like hanging out the back Man. and like floppies going everywhere. And like, that was our grip truck. Cause we couldn't afford a grip truck to, to do the movie. Cause we, we kind of ran out of money for that. And, uh, 
Yeah, that was it. Was interesting. I yeah. felt like when I, I, I when I looked at that truck and the amount of stuff we had, I was like, "All right, I got this." Tetris, this was in my head. Yeah, I put him in the back, <laughs> and I was like, "Tetris, this man, like, you're like, figure this out for me, okay?" Like, oh man, it was it was pretty insane, but uh, we got it done. Yeah, we made, definitely made that work. <laughs> Problem solving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Improvising one on one. Might not be the prettiest thing. People were probably driving up. We're driving like two hours up north, Thank and you like some kind of construction. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was a good experience. Raven Heights is is something that I'm I'm really proud of, and um, yeah. If it like I said, if it takes us two years to finish it, we're gonna finish it. All right, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that after we take our break. Go cool. there. Hello, everyone. This is Ryan L. Terry, screenwriting lecturer, film critic, and yeah, even figure skater. Known by my monikers Podstitute and Podhopper, you may have heard me on some of your favorite shows such as Mike, Mike, and Oscar, One Movie Punch, In Session Film, Blockbuster Mentality, Movie Geek and Proud, Just So You Know, and more. And I would love to sit down with you on your show. Whether we are talking about my area of expertise, the American horror film, chatting about what we are watching on TV, or diving deep into a classic or underrated film, I would love to make time for you. You can follow me on Twitter at RLTerry1 and on my blog at RLTerryRealView.com. That's real with two E's. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. of the Raven Heights what's the curse is it kind of like what you've kind of been talking about before kind of like a supernatural is this um, kind of like a supernatural component I'll uh, I'll try to go into it a little bit without giving too much away let if, me, yeah if you just me, want to give the little let bit me of synop- see how little I can, taste for everybody yeah so it's basically about this this aunt yeah. um, and we will find out that she's she's a good witch and there is a supernatural force that um, kind of leads her away from that. Um, a lot to do with her feelings. I'm trying to be vague and still be uh, productive here. Um, kind of leads her away from her feelings, and she kind of turns to the dark side. At some point, she needs to pass that dark side on to someone else. And so there's uh, a transition. Yeah, and yeah. her family. So she um, more or less has to do this seance and she owns this campground and then uh after she's gone her family has to come up and uh kind of you know when when people die how they have to go and take over the property and clean things out and stuff like that so they go they go to do that and basically what they find is a little bit more than what they expected to find okay (laughs) so there's something there there Um, was a there was a great movie in the 80s it's kind of regarded as almost like a b-movie it's called the church and the whole premise was they build a church on top of where they buried demons. Oh, wow. So they were going to remodel the church. And, of course, when they remodeled the church, they cracked it open and out came all the demons. But you didn't think desperate demons would come from. But the whole point of the movie is 
They build a church on top of where they buried the demons. Sounds like a supernatural episode. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm a big supernatural geek, so that's what it that's the first thing that pops into my head. But um yeah, so so the family gets there and then they, they kinda get a little more than they bargained for, and that's about as far as I really want to go because I yeah. mean there's a lot of really cool twists and turns and, and Well you have you can people find the trailer? Is it available for the uh, public? The teaser is available. Um, uh, if, if you go into your Facebook like search bar right now and type in The Curse of Raven Heights, yeah. it'll be the only Curse of Raven Heights that pops up. Go ahead and like the page. Um, and we're constantly putting like behind-the-scenes photos and uh, like our progress as it, as it goes along. Obviously, we had the GoFundMe up there, which we're still kind of trying to, trying to raise as much as we can because every little bit kind of helps. Um, but it's looking like more now we're going to have to go with the uh, the investor route. So that's going to be a, the next challenge um, that we take. Okay. And you still, because you still have the teaser, but you still are in the process of filming. Yeah. So we, like, uh, we have 45 pages done. Yeah. And uh, the original idea was to do a 45-page film featurette type movie. And... Uh, you know, use that to pitch to investors, which is kind of where we're back to now. Um, but we, we fell in love with it and we fell in love with the cast and we fell in love with the crew. Um, I have to say Jacob Vlander is the person who shot it and he's one of the most talented, uh, DOPs in the state, in my opinion. And he, I mean, he was the second AC on the new Eminem and Joyner Lucas video and, um, the lucky, How how did he get involved? I actually met him on, uh, a sec, uh, it's 39 seconds. It's like a baseball documentary that I was script supervising. And, uh, okay. that should be coming out pretty soon here. Leonard Cersei was the star of that. And, uh, he was shooting that and we just kind of hung out on set and I was like trying to find a, a DOP and I had like all these reels and all of a sudden I was like, Oh wait, Jacob shoots. I'm going to hit him up. And, uh, nice. it kind of, it molded into a cool friendship that we have. And I mean, the guy is just, Phenomenal. So if you're looking for a, a good DP to hire, Jacob Vlander is the guy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely uh, hype him up. He's definitely worth the hype. And then we got a, we just got a great crew too. Like I mean, I went to do a, a movie after we we wrapped called Lapham Rising. I don't know if you heard of that one. Not yet. No. Um, um, Winter State Entertainment. Um, Hamid Tropador. They did Brothers Keeper last year with uh the guy from The Matrix. What's his name? Um. Gosh, not Keanu Reeves. The other one. What's his name? Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. They did Brothers Keeper. Yeah. And then they just did a movie called Lapham Rising. Um, I went and worked a week on that as a PA. Um, And I had pretty much the same crew that he had. And this is like a two million dollar movie. And I had these guys working at like a quarter rate doing me favors. (laughs) Um, on this movie. So I got really lucky to have so many great people like, uh, Brandon Sandberg was on it and Tyler Thomas and just some great, uh, grip and electric guys. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be really, really good. The, the challenge right now is just getting the money. So if anyone out there listening to this podcast has money, yes, we, we need your help. (laughs) Where did you guys, uh, film it? Um, we filmed it, um, at Sweetwater Resort. That was a resort for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. it's it's a little bit out of Little Falls. Um, little Falls, Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit out of there. And uh, it, I went, so actually Nathan Block had suggested to me, because I was looking for a cabin, and there was nowhere that like was given in. They're like, we're not going to get you a cabin. 
like you can't come film at our cabin this and that and that and this he's like why don't you try a resort like it's off season it's early may um they're right, not especially here yeah they're not busy no it's you not know? Even like opening opener fishing open is not even until yeah the mid bay yeah i shot uh the owners chuck and cindy and offer and i was like hey we need to sleep like 40 people here for a week and uh we're gonna kind of be disruptive and shoot this movie and honestly they were so nice they like baked us banana bread <laughs> and put them in all the cabins and we're up to like six in the morning shooting every night oh, and like man. they never bothered us one time they let us use their golf carts to haul gear oh, around golf carts yeah. Nice. yeah i mean we felt oh, like we so were fun. like yeah, we nice. felt like we were in treat, hollywood yeah you could treat them like a little more extra treatment for the yeah they uh, had a shed we kept all the grip gear and they were really cool that's, that's a, yeah especially when you do exterior like we're yeah. gonna keep yeah I mean, so every night the grips didn't have to like pack everything back into cars. We had like a, a centralized location. These people took like incredible care of us and everybody on set had just a fantastic time. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, there was, uh, we'd shoot for like 12, 13 hours a day and then we would go and everybody would, I'd be like, Ryan, start the fire <laughs> an hour, 12 and a half. And then we'd all sit have around the fire time. and people were playing guitar after we'd rap and having yeah. a few drinks and just everybody had a really good spirit and a really good vibe. And that's why I'm really I'm really thankful, and I think. So, how long were you? You were up there for about like a week or so. A week, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. We shot for uh, six days up there, and then we came back and shot two more days in the cities um, for some other locations that we had. Do you have any other locations for the next part of the movie? The rest of it will be. I think we have about four more days we need to shoot back at that resort, and then we have uh, okay. two more days at uh, some locations that we haven't quite found yet. Okay. So, are you before like pre-production? You like to go out scouting oh yeah no i scouted a couple resorts um but they were just so nice that it just ended up working out really really well um but usually like like for the last one um for the short we did family friendly like a couple weeks ago where that's gonna be our hollows eve movie we didn't get to scout it but we got to shoot at a carnival that was awesome Really? A carnival. Like I, I like I literally went out on a whim because I've always wanted to shoot at a carnival. And I was like, made a post on Facebook and I was like, hey, I want to make a carnival movie. And does anybody know any carnies? And everyone was laughing at me. They're like, why are you looking for carnies, dude? Like, And I was like, why not? <laughs> there is a plan. There, there is a plan here. <laughs> and oddly enough, Shannon Thiessen, um, Hannah Thiessen's mom. Yeah. Who yeah, was, who was she, in the in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sally's best friend, actually. Um, was like, hey, my, my husband's brother-in-law owns a carnival. We do it in Pine City. Uh, I can probably get you guys in there for two overnights. And I was like, sweet. And I didn't know how much access we were going to have, but they lit the whole thing up for us. They let us ride the rides on... <laughs> like... It was insane, and like it was, it was absolutely nuts, and it was so much fun. It's it's very much like a Rob Zombie flick, yeah, or like Zombieland, right? The whole climactic, yeah, yeah, yeah very much like the end of, but like the the movie itself yeah. is like a House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> I guarantee that's one of the things that people film movies now is like, well, we'll we'll have it at the, the end scene at the carnival, and everybody's invited. Let's just shoot the movie, and then everybody have fun afterwards, right? Yeah, it's like. Definitely was fun afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a long night for sure because we didn't get to start filming until late at night, didn't we? Yeah, because we had to wait till the carnival closed every night. <laughs> oh, so we had to shoot till like 6 really, in the morning yeah. every day. It would be hard to film while everyone's all, all, everyone's enjoying the uh, you know the carnival. And then all of a sudden we're, we're, they see this huge camera and a group of people just saying, action. And they're like, what's going on? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I we, can't. I'm, I'm just 
getting my bearings in my brain how many movies have been actually like kind of like a carnival setting. There's been a bunch. I mean, Shazam just did it. There, yeah, yeah, and the did. movie was a carnival. They're out there, but I think I think the thing that was like the most dramatic for me is like that we did it and we made this movie for eight hundred dollars. I mean, we we made a carnival movie in two days for eight hundred dollars. Like we didn't have any money to do it, but we brought out like some great people and great actors and. Like, I mean, that just like goes right. to show how awesome the community is that everybody rallies and they're like, oh, we're shooting at a carnival. We want to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's go, man. Candy, let's go. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> do uh, do you edit your movies? I don't. I actually have a gentleman by the name of Steve Muckway who okay. is editing uh, the Chris Raven Heights and he's also doing family friendly. He's also a really good DIT. Um He's also a producer now and a partner of me and Wesley's. So he's became a, uh, well, Ryan's also a producer, but, um, kind of like a team member. Yeah. He's became yeah. an executive producer with us and he's kind of a, you know, been, he's like our third wheel, which we need because me and Wesley get on each other's nerves. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> we work to, we, I mean, we've done five movies in a year, so that's to be expected. <laughs> well, I was in a band, a music band and I played drums and you really think five people get along all the time? Oh, no. no absolutely like, not. It's, it becomes war sometimes. Like, yeah, in the space like a living room, and you play, rehearse all the time, and you see each other every day. You think right. you're all going to get along. And, at, yeah. the, at the end of the day, though, I think uh, we always come to a really good common ground, and I think what we've done is we've brought a lot of people together. Like, I see a lot of people that we've brought together working on other projects. And yeah. I mean, I think that's my most proud moment as a filmmaker is seeing all the relationships that me and Wesley have been able to build for people and, you know, help them branch out. I mean, we can't offer them a lot of money or anything, but like, you know, you might meet someone, you might spark an idea and you go make your own project. And we were able to help coordinate that. I think that's like the most beautiful thing that uh, we've possibly been able to do so far. Did Did you have your editor on site yeah when making the movie for most of it um he's the dit too so what he does is he does the data wrangling yeah so he does all the the card dumps and stuff like that so he i uh, heard that's a great value to have your editor on site oh, like sometimes yeah. like no that's not worth let's just go or especially yeah. if you don't have a script supervisor because <laughs> He's yeah. he's looking at blind footage if you don't have a script supervisor, and he's like, "What is all this? What am I doing with this? <laughs> proxy, proxy, proxy. Now what? Do you ever think you ever want to do editing, or you just no? no. Yeah, you'd I, rather just give birth to it and up you go. You I tell everybody yeah. that I will do any job that has nothing to do with touching a computer or a piece of equipment. <laughs> I will direct. I will ad. I will second ad. I will script supervise. I will Grip. act. Grip. Um, nope, yeah. I won't grip because I won't touch equipment. I'm too clumsy. <laughs> you have a $30,000 red in my hands? Nope, not a good idea. Um, I'm just not not built for that. Um, I like to think of myself as someone who who's creative, but equipment-wise, I'm... Electronics, no. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't do it. Um, Ryan, Ryan yeah. does it. Ryan does everything. Are you kind of electronics savvy? Uh, honestly, I started out as a PA, and honestly, people were like, hey, we need sound. Do you want to learn? I was like, sure, I'll learn how to do sound. Hey, we need someone to, like, our, our sound guy, Just we lost sound guy. Hey, could you do sound? Sure, I'll do sound. I don't do any of the mixing or anything like that, but, you know, I've... Uh, Mixing's a whole other. Yeah, it's a whole different world of its own. Yeah. Uh, 
I've uh, done grips. So I've, you know, messed with the lighting a little bit here and there. You know, you start out as a PA and you just see all these different parts of it and you're like, oh, that's cool. Let me l learn about that. Or, you know, like as an actor, you know, as watching, you know, seeing others act on set. So it's like you're being behind the camera, uh, you know, starting off as a PA, uh, I give a whole lot of respect for the production side. You know, as actors that are just being actors, uh, they, they sometimes don't realize what goes all into creating a scene. You know, it could take a couple hours just to get one scene in, then yeah. five minutes of acting or an hour of acting. All right, guys, boom, action, reset, let's do it again. It takes a lot. It'll take some time to, you know, get these things set up. So it's, a, it's definitely a difficult part, and I have a whole lot of respect for that as an actor and also, you know, being on the production side of the, the camera. It's... It's a whole different world when you're not in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, no, I always tell uh, I always tell actors that want to take acting very seriously to be a PA on a couple sets. Absolutely. And my reasoning okay. for that is because a lot of actors show up, they sit around for like six hours, they go in, they shoot a scene, they get maybe a little pretentious or a little annoyed. And it's like, you have no idea that this crew has been working around the clock while you've been hanging out eating crafty you know yeah. like you know it ha it gives you a whole new appreciate uh, appreciation for the work that's actually being done so if i could ha give like newer actors one piece of a of a device go out and be a pa be yeah. a pa just yeah. see what goes on just sit like be an extra and just sit and how much yeah. work is involved i'm it's, just getting one yeah. shot and yeah. i mean we've been you work on this thing for three months and maybe to shoot it for three days and then you work on it for another three months to finish it um, yeah. as a crew member or a producer and people don't necessarily see that side of it all. They're just like, oh, I show up and I say my lines and I leave and now you got to see everything going on because then you'll appreciate it more. You know, yeah. when you get that moment to get on set, you know that these people have been working so hard for you oh, yeah. to get your moment and I think that actors can take that energy and feed it into the camera and appreciate the uh, the process a lot more. Are you like are you now that you're making movies? Are you a little less harsh on other people's movies? I've never been really harsh on other people's. Movies. I'm not yeah. one of those people. Okay. Um, I, I I love cinema, so I've right. always loved cinema. From uh, the first movie I ever saw was The Wizard of Oz, and I was connected to cinema from from that day forth. The first movie I ever saw in the movie theaters was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Really? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was very. Well, you uh, get your murder mystery, you get your animation, you get your slapstick, and yeah. No, it was, it's beautiful. Um, so I've been obsessed with movies. I just never thought I would be making them. If you would yeah. tell me I'm 34 years old and I'm three years into a film career, I would have told you you were nuts five years ago. I'd be like, that's not going to happen. One of the. I just learned in a couple months ago how The Wizard of Oz, they made the transition from color to black and white. Mm -hmm. And how they did it was simply remember when the house lands and she opens the door, it's color. Mm -hmm. They painted the whole house brown. Wow. It was uh, not Julia Gar. It wasn't is Judy Garland's stunt double. You never see Judy Garland. It's her back. So when she opens the door, she goes off camera. And then Judy Garland steps in with the color wardrobe. So that whole scene is actually in color, but they made sure the dress and everything looked black and white. Did they paint the dress? Yeah. So wow. it's all it's a brown dress. So it looks like it's from the what the black and white footage looks like. Wow. But they painted the entire thing. It's amazing. put her in there. And if you watch it now, now it's like obvious to you. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't look like Judy Garland <laughs> opening the door. But well, she goes off camera and then Judy Garland steps in. You're like, Judy Garland's from Grand Rapids. 
Yeah. Minnesota. Um, my, my grandparents are from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. No yeah. So, um, I remember being little and they, they'd play, uh, Wizard of Oz and then they'd drive me by our house and then we go to the museum in Grand Rapids. Yeah. There's a little museum. Yeah. yeah I have like a, they bought me one of those little yellow bricks. I have one of those with my name on it at the museum, like <laughs> from when I was like five years old. Um, so Wizard of Oz was like a huge thing for me. Um, and you're wearing a Pink Floyd hat. Oh yeah. Have, have you, you done it? The Dark Side of Oz. Absolutely. <laughs> I have. Done it. I have. I've watched. The, I'm not going to get too into it because this is a family friendly show. But <laughs> but I've done the full experience. Uh, we have. <laughs> we'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a video store and it's Saturday night. The same group of guys would come in at like minute before closing and i'm like what is it this time Bays and confused what is the boss fast times at ridgemont high fast times oh great high movie like great like, movie spicoli is like one of my favorite characters <laughs> ever. always come in a minute before closing <laughs> <laughs> why don't you buy these movies and you're like uh we always forget <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly that makes a whole ton of sense to You're me blown like 800 renting these why don't you just buy it we, oh, we always i miss we always i miss renting movies man that was a cool time yeah andrew hunt had a good comment about movie renting it was a hard investment and you wanted you you watched it the whole movie a lot of times mm -hmm. nowadays you're like ah, a couple minutes you're like you're done because you're streaming out yeah yeah but renting you physically you're Put money into you're, it. You're gonna. You're committed. It, you're committed to watching the whole thing, whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. No, and I yeah. think that that's even better because sometimes you don't get to see like the the artistry that goes into it till the end. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't. Miss, I miss. I miss the community. The people that came in that you could talk movies about with, because now it's all on the internet, right? That's how yeah. everybody communicates, how why they like movies, and you don't even really meet them. But you always had these, it's the same usual people come in and you talk. You could just talk movies with them all day long and put a movie on and then rent a movie, come back two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> it was kind of like that thing, like they have those memes about like, you know, couples that can't decide on what to eat. It yeah. was like that with the movies back then too. It was like, what movie are we gonna? Are we doing rom com? Are we doing horror? Like, yeah. we can't yeah. decide. And it would be like a big argument, and then you'd finally come to a conclusion. And then you'd have to rent like three of them, and <laughs> for everybody to be happy. And then you'd have the Sour Patch Kids and the Coca Cola right there on, at checkout. It was a, a surreal experience that my, I really kind of miss. My first day working Air Force One with Harrison Ford came out. So that was my first day working at the video store. That's how long ago it was. Wow. wow. I think Gary Oldman was the bad guy. <laughs> I think, get off my plane. We kicked him off. So No, that's... Yeah. Uh, well, with your um, really grueling schedule, are you able to watch other movies? Oh, yeah. I watch um, probably about seven or eight movies a week. Yeah. I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a binger a little bit yeah yeah no i watch um mainly i like i said i'm kind of a one-trick pony I, I'm, I'm a horror guy so i watch probably five horror movies a week and i go into like the deep deepest darkest Corners. depths of like amazon prime <laughs> and I, I find these movies that like nobody else is probably watching and i will watch them completely through if nothing else to educate myself on maybe what not to do <laughs> right um but I, I just appreciate art. And I mean, someone had to make those movies and, you know, everybody starts somewhere. And I, I try not to be, like I said, I'm not one of those people. I try not to judge too harshly on, on filmmakers, especially since I make them myself and I know how hard it is to actually get a product out. I yeah. mean, that's it's incredibly difficult. Do you have a favorite horror movie? 
or a genre or um like us um halloween the original oh yeah we talked about the original correct, halloween yeah. We, yeah. we talked about it in in pre before we started but halloween the new evil dead and uh the conjuring um are my my top horror movies and the conjuring is insidious as well james wan anything james wan does like <laughs> yeah. the original saw like that dude is just my idol like i i really take after him i think people when saw came out they were really surprised by it uh, it didn't really advertise very much and usually it was like word of mouth and people talking have about you it. seen the short film the short film of saw yeah no. so um saw was originally just a short film that right, James yeah. Wan did yeah and uh you can go on youtube and look it up oh, i just maybe it's um, just because i'm just lazy <laughs> <laughs> you, i mean yeah, you can yeah. just jump on and like type in saw short film and you can watch it and it's it's definitely like kind of like amateurish and uh but i mean the, the concept i think blew people's minds and they it were could like be like a play yeah i mean yeah it was it's gory and i i got really bored by like the third saw i think I, I really stopped losing into I, I lost interest in it just like with parent paranormal activity I love the first couple and then I lost interest they like I think that's a big mistake that Hollywood makes they keep trying to either remake things that are already great yeah. or they keep doing too many sequels like where are the original ideas you know I mean we need more original content. I would say yeah especially if you're making something make something new something we haven't seen before obviously we know about witches everybody's seen witches but something new about it that we are yeah. component about it so it's refreshing yeah I mean everything's based off a generalized idea and everything is based off inspiration from something else but come up yeah. with an idea of your own <laughs> you know like fresh ideas are good could definitely say that's what they've been lacking you know lately they like you said like nowadays you're seeing a lot of remakes of old movies that came yeah. back in the 80s 90s it's like now know? they're gonna do a tv show or a miniseries of yeah, event exactly. horizon yeah yeah exactly they're like uh, you know gotta agree with blair is you know there's no more original ideas now it's like it's it's like whatever's been thought of you know whatever you think is possibly thought of it's already probably been out there it's now it's like really trying to think outside of that box and be like all right what are we what can we do different about this stuff you know and that's that's that is the i feel like that's where we are lacking in and like you said in hollywood but that the, the creative ideas and that's where you give respect for the indie films it's like you know they're mm -hmm. they're they're really trying to think outside the box you know really trying to like grasp these different ideas and different arts of you know different genres of films and it's like you know, you you're able to see a different creative flow. You know, sure. yeah, and it's a, it's a whole different ballpark. I feel, and it's, I give it a lot of respect to the indie filmmakers out there. What is one thing that scares you? That scares me. Yeah. Oh man, we got into this at on Raven Heights. I, a death. Death is just generally scary just to me. Just being dead. Just not being, actually dying, but no, just being dead. not even my own death. I think the scariest thing is like losing people. Um, and being without them that's the scariest thing to me if we're getting really deep into it um if we're not getting too deep like if we're just talking movies demonic possession and possession yeah. movies um somebody taking over your the curse of yeah. emily rose is that the name of the exorcism of the exorcism emily rose yeah. that movie scared the living crap out of me and it's really hard to scare the crap out of me <laughs> <laughs> the exorcist that really scared the crap i made i made uh I mean, well, I think it's terrifying of somebody taking over your body, body, uh, right? Doing whatever he wants to, yeah. right? And just demons, like the idea of demonic possession, and then I like, 
I'm kind of a masochist in the sense that I'll go on YouTube and I'll type in real demonic possessions and I'll like sit and watch them and I'm just totally like it's like two in the morning and I'm watching this and I'm like drinking a glass of wine like oh, what is wrong with me why am I doing this um, but no I would love to uh, to take on like a feature film about demonic possession but then then again it's like they've been done so many times how am I going to do it different yeah yeah Ryan what scares you of I don't, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I would say the probably thing that scares me the most is probably I don't know. Trying trying to create the masterpiece itself. It's like you know, uh, you you have so many thoughts of how you want this to be created. And it's like you're kind of like OCD. It's like oh shit, this is gonna be good. 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 And then yeah. you just you know you, you try your best to make it you know uh, turn out the best way you want it to be. And it's like now you just hope hope that it's good you know it's great and that i feel like that's the, the scariest part is if these these films so basically he's really brave and he's not scared of anything except for <laughs> failure yeah <laughs> <laughs> failure you know failure is a scary thing you know uh but it's a uh, well that's it's concept that i have really researched in my book failure but what definition of failing is what losing you know i've really quite a question what is a failure Mm-hmm. Uh, converting it to a win, you know. Uh, well, yeah. the, you know, failure is you know what each person perceive it as. You know, uh, I, I just feel like if like the movie doesn't get all the hype that we you know wanted to get, you know, if uh, if we didn't appeal to the audience, you know, yeah. it's the, the I, I feel like I, I guess you could say that I fear failing our audience of creating this masterpiece. You know, like. I don't want to disappoint our fans, you know. It's sure. it's all about creating this magic for them to enjoy what we thought and create in our heads. And now it's just we're trying to put it in front of them. And I, I, I'm scared to disappoint the audience. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty valid fear. Yeah. But I think, uh, like, learning what I've learned uh, with filmmaking is you're going to fail 150 times before you ever succeed. Absolutely. So, Getting used to that and growing that skin that's really thick is like a, a really good positive attribute of someone I, I, I would like to work with on my own sets and be like, hey, man, like we're going to fail. It's going to happen. When I uh, when I used to referee football and I did over 20 years, the saying around, around us was, why do you keep refereeing? Because I didn't want the last game to be the one in my last game. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you I don't want that the how I was so awful. I don't want that one to be my last one. I want to keep getting better. Oh yeah. I yeah. think the the best approach you can take as a filmmaker or an artist in general is just love what you do. You know, and no matter what, yeah. you're not going to fail then, because you're you're having fun. You're, you're. I mean. Well, yeah. What's the worst that can come out? You may have you have a movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's the worst. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, there's no reason to. Uh, I mean, we're very lucky to be able to have the opportunities to make our art. Um, and and yeah. share it with people even if five people watch it or five million people watch it we made something and we got it done at the end of the day and uh we're proud of it and that's that's what's important and i think every movie you make you get better and better by necessity it's not i mean you should if you're not then you might want to question what you're doing <laughs> a little bit but i mean you should be learning from your mistakes and uh every time you should just continuously grow and just be happy with the art that you make that's the most important thing Blair, Ryan, I want to thank you for coming on my show, man. This hey, is thank you so much. It's been amazing. Is, uh, thanks for 
being my first guy to every podcast with. This is this is great. <laughs> yes, no, this is my first podcast, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I'm really, awesome. I'm really excited. I mean, yeah. I don't really count the little one we did with Wesley because, like, we were I think drunk in a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> that one, <laughs> um, but but. Um, I'm, Usually that's when you, the first time you do anything is yeah right? yeah that's very true this is this is a real thing um, <laughs> but no I'm I'm I I just want to say I'm really impressed with your comics as well, well um, I'm gonna thanks. buy one of these before yeah. I leave here and uh, I suggest everybody else supports we're gonna it's, have um, it's amazing. more information in a couple of episodes coming up about uh, cool more details coming up about my book and how yeah people can find let me know how you, yeah. let me know how I can spread the word for you sure yeah uh, as you guys know it's not over till the guest say it's over well I guess it's over guys and I hope you enjoyed it <laughs>